No, no, no. She's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host, financial counselor and tax consultant, Dr. Friday. G'day, I'm Dr. Friday, and the doctor is in the house. What a wonderful Saturday. It's a little overcast out there, I know, but it's still a nice day out there, at least. So if you have questions, maybe you're starting to think about it's almost the end of the year. So if you have any kind of changes that you're thinking, Roth conversion, selling something, um, possibly maximizing a 401k. Now is the time to be doing that because uh, we only have a few more weeks of this year and anything that happens in 2023 pretty much stays in 2023. So if they're thinking about making a change or altering these next couple of weeks will be the weeks that you want to do that. If you want to join the show, you can 615-737-9986-615-737-9986. And for many of you that have been listening for a long time, we've been on here, I think 13, 14 years. We have our big Christmas show next weekend. So uh, as many people that have listened, many of my uh, clients actually have won one little gift cards. We give away thousands of dollars in two hours. Dr. Electric and the Dr. Friday show merges for that one weekend. And we, uh, we, we have a great time thanking all of our listeners for listening all year and uh, using all services. So again, that will be next Saturday, starting at one o'clock uh, on the Dr. Electric show. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, again, if you want to join the show, if you've got questions about taxes or maybe you've inherited or you've sold something and you just want to make sure you've estimated your taxes, keep in mind, if you have sold a piece of property or you have um, made a large profit on a stock or anything else, the IRS expects within 90 days an estimate to be made either 110% of what you owed the year before in total taxes or the amount due that you would estimate due up to 100%. Otherwise, you could look at penalties. So uh, again, if you're at that point and you're like, oh my gosh, because January 15th is our final estimate for the year of 2022. And so we want to make sure that you have made all the proper estimates and that you are making sure that the money has been passed. Because the worst thing would do is if you've sold something, you already have had a client come in the other uh, last Wednesday, I think it was, and they had sold an $800,000 piece of property and their basis was a couple hundred. So they're looking at roughly eighty dollars to $90,000 worth of estimated taxes needing to be paid in. Uh, but looking at their prior year, we were able to send in a smaller amount, not a whole bunch, but we did send in um, uh, less than what we know could be due. But we want to send that in again so that the IRS doesn't hit us with failure to file or proper estimated taxes because uh, those fines can add up and you want to make sure that you have that information in there. And I would say now's a great time to start thinking about 
um, the 2022 tax year? How many jobs did you have? Did you sell or do anything unique? Did you sell your primary home? Did you uh, buy a primary home? Not that the nowadays itemizing is a little different than most, but you know, still want to make sure that you're not missing out. Did you have any major medical situations? Did you give money to charity? Um, remember, cash contributions for a married couple is 600 above the standard deduction, and for single individuals, that's three hundred dollars. So you would get the standard deduction plus 300 or 600, depending on your filing status. So we want to make sure that um, we don't have, um, you know, that you don't, don't forget to tell your tax person that information. Um, many people think, well, I give something to the Red Cross or I, I gave cans, I give clothes, I, you know, do those. But the tax law specifically says cash when we're talking above the line contribution on those situations. So you want to make sure you have that and you're moving forward. Um, we also want to talk a little bit about the combination of uh, tax breaks and the child tax credits. Uh, some modifications are in um in taking place beginning, you know, we know 2020 and there's a 15 year um, amortization schedule that people are using. And some of the tax law is going to be expiring come 2025. We're going to be going into 2023. Uh, but we want to make sure that, um, you know, keeping our eyes out, see if Biden does have some tax law that he wanted to make permanent. Uh, but I don't think he's uh, done a whole bunch on making some of those. They're trying to get, of course, the... Um, um, student loan is a big one, but it's being held up in the tax courts right this second. So we're going to have to wait and see what comes, but we'll keep you notified. But again, if you've got questions, you can join the show 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, the number here in the studio talking about my favorite subject, which is taxes, making sure that we are taking full advantage of everything we have going with uh with the tax you know tax things happening and uh, making sure that we're able to do what we need to do so if you have any questions you can join um one of the things we do know that uh, the republicans um are starting to push on biden to make the 2017 which we think of as the trump tax changes permanent again those are the ones that will be expiring in 2025 um it's going to really it's going to be an interesting uh, next few years to see what comes of a few of those situations see if there's been any um, major changes or risks that we can uh, do with with that um, but you know we'll we'll wait and see what comes to that um, also I wanted I had a client come in and he's working with um, one of those companies that uh, help you deal with your credit card debt and I'm sure that's a a wonderful thing but I do want to put out there you know, a lot of times people are like, well, you know, I negotiated with my credit card company. I saved $20,000. It sounds wonderful because you're not having to pay the credit card $20,000, but you are going to, he, he got a 1099 um, for it. And the, the credit card companies will send a 1099 out. You have to pick it up as income. There is a hardship filing, but you do have to have a true hardship to make it work. So, um, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. But in, in all honesty, just keep in mind, if you negotiate with a credit card company and they agree to reduce your credit card debt, 99% of the time that will become taxable income to you 
um, on your tax return. So you will be paying income tax. Again, it's still a savings. You're not paying $20,000 in taxes. You're only paying your tax rate, which in this case, this gentleman was going to pay a little over $4,000 to the IRS, which you do not want an IRS issue after you're finally trying to get a hold of your other tax issues. So just be careful when you're negotiating with those companies. Um, find out. Maybe there's a way of negotiating saying, hey, I'm willing to negotiate, but I don't want to have a 1099C because I can't afford to get in tax bet with the IRS because now he's got a payment plan with them along with trying to catch up on his um, uh, back credit card debts and things. So just put a little extra burden on him. And that's that's not always what we want to do. So just, again, a lot of times these things sound wonderful, but make sure when that happens, you talk to them, find out if there's anything that you need to know to make sure that it's happening. We do know that the IRS, as an enrolled agent licensed by the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representation, the one thing we have, and I know a lot of people are like, I bet you're not excited, but I would love to have a few more revenue officers. I would love to be able to do my job like I could five years ago where I could pick up the phone, call a revenue officer, get resolution, figure out what we can do and find and solve problems instead of having to uh, either overwork the tax advocate office or wait months, if not a year or more, to get some sort of resolution to things that should be able to be resolved if you could actually physically get somebody on the phone. So IRS is hiring. Um, the, the supposedly 85,000 new people. I would be surprised if they meet that number only because anyone that is self-employed or has employees working under them knows how hard it is to find someone to work right now. So I find it hard to believe that there's going to be 85,000 people um, willing to work just for the IRS. But Either way, if they can hire those, it is going to be a large number of them are going to be going into collections. Not a surprise since that way they can actually start paying the bill for these employees. So, you know, if you do have IRS issues, I'm going to say stop procrastinating. You need to give us a call. We need to get resolution moving forward. We need to figure out some people it's it's not a big deal. But, you know, the fact is, if you haven't uh, if you if you have a ability to resolve, it's always better to do it when your your income and your finances are not perfect. If you have a home and there's equity in it, I will tell you it's not going to be as simple as you hear on those ads. I I mean I won't lie to you. I mean we do them all the time, but a lot of these commercials and says we can sell resolve it for 10 cents on the dollar. But that doesn't happen if you've got 401ks, if you've got stock accounts, if you have multiple residents or properties, or you have a home with equity. Again, IRS cannot take your primary home under normal circumstances. So again, we're not trying to scare, more just trying to say, if you want to have resolution, you need to get the answers you need so you can start figuring out what that resolution will be. Will it be an offer and compromise, which might be 50 cents on the dollar, 60 cents on the dollar, or as low as 10 cents on the dollar. We have done those cases, but in most of those cases, people are renting, don't have any retirement. You know, they're almost starting over and ended up with a lot of debt from a past life situation. Then you have um, payment plans, partial payment plans, non-collectible. All of those exist out there for every individual. You just have to find the right one that's going to work for you and making sure it's going to work for what the IRS. So that way you don't have to worry, hey, if I get a new job, if I start doing something, if you're in a plan, 
then, you know, then you can work within that and start working and achieving what you want to do. If you want to join the show, you've got a question about either dealing with the IRS or planning your 2022 or 2023 taxes. It's pretty easy. Pick up the phone. 615-737-9986-615-737-9986. Taking uh, your call. And then that way we can make sure that we um, get your questions answered because if you make choices and you say, you, you know, ask the neighbor this or my friend, he did that. What works for one individual isn't always what's going to work for multiple individuals. What your friend or neighbor has may not be the same situation you have. So you need to make sure that someone's looking at your case and giving you an actual situation to, to make it work. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we get back, hopefully we'll get some of your calls. Again, 615-737-9986. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday Show. studio part two of the dr friday show and it looks like we've got charles on the line let's see if we can get charles on here hey charles good, good uh, afternoon dr friday merry christmas merry christmas got a question uh i'm retired on social security married my wife still works what is the uh i guess threshold or amount that you can make before they start digging your social security so if you're married, it's it's basically half of the Social Security plus you can make up to 35000 So take half of your Social Security, depending on, let's just say that's 10000 You can make another twenty five, and then they start dinging Social Security. Okay, so I can make up to $25,000 a year, which I'm not going to be. I've been offered a part-time job, and it's easy work. Give me something to do, play money. You know what I'm talking about. Right, but it's and, probably already being dinged, Charles, because your wife is still working, so she probably makes more than twenty five thousand. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well then you're you're correct. I haven't took it have not taken the job yet. Right. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. so well, uh, it's, it's probably good for you. I don't mean that it I mean my my opinion. I don't know you personally, but I always think it's always good to have busy work versus especially if you're healthy enough and you have something you can do that you enjoy it i mean not that it's drudgery or something but if it's something you would enjoy doing why not go out and do a little of it versus uh, i've seen too many clients that retire and then they just seem to sit at home and next thing you know they kind of fall apart you know well, so well, that's true I, and I've, I've gotten a little bored you know i stay busy enough. Yeah. i just did not want to uh make the money just for uncle sam to take it at another end exactly it'd be, be counterproductive so what could I gross a year that I'm trying to figure out? Because right now he's offered me a couple of days work, gross, you know, $120, $150 a week, you know, something right. like that. Well, I mean, bottom line is the way you're going to basically look at it is Uncle Sam's going to take 25% of it. Okay. I mean, I'm just being pretty straightforward, assuming that your wife is still working and her income plus your social security is probably putting you guys at 30, 40, $50,000 combined yeah. your social security well, plus hers. So yeah. as long as your combined income is all under a hundred thousand, just guessing, but it I'm is. working with this number. If it is, then just figure that 
Uncle Sam's going to take basically 25%. You have to pay Social Security. You have to pay Medicare because you're working for this guy. Or if you're self-employed, either way, they're going to take that out. There's no age limit on those. Um, so, And then your federal withholding, which is going to put you at the 12%. So all in all, 25% of the check goes to Uncle Sam. The rest of it's going to go in your pocket. Huh. So it kind of makes you wonder if it's even worth it or not. Well, it's still 75 and it gets you out of the house, Charles. Well, you got a point. Okay. Well, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't shooting myself in the proverbial foot. I know. I know. And I hear that a lot of times, but you're still putting 75 in your pocket. And like I said, as long as it's something that you enjoy now, you know, I, I would never suggest someone go out just to you know, personally, for me, probably being a Walmart greeter would not be the most enjoyable thing for me to do. No, even though I like love it, to but talk. it is enjoyable. It's, it's enjoyable. And it's not hard labor. Exactly, it's something that you enjoy and enjoy. It's, there's a value to that, especially as we get older, because it's good for you to have a reason to get up, get out, and do something. Uh, again, that's my personal opinion, not probably any scientific. Behind so my that, but, is, he pays me a hundred dollars a week just right. for greeter. I'm going to see 75 in my pocket, and it's not going to affect the family's money. Exactly. All right. That's what I need to hear. Thank you, Dr. Roddy. Have a wonderful holiday, ma'am. Hey, thank you for calling. You too, sir. And that was a great question. So um, thank you. So when we go through um, and working with these different situations, let's see if he can get Charles off. Hopefully he did. Um, We can deal with any of those, but it's always good to think about those kind of questions. I mean, seriously, nobody wants to go to work and nobody likes to have to give Uncle Sam anything. But the real fact of it is even us business owners, anyone, you know, you're looking at most of the time a minimum. I mean, it can go up there, but a minimum of 25 percent of our paychecks. Our income pretty much goes to Uncle Sam and then. In the perfect world, some sometimes it'll go up higher depending on how much money you earn. But uh sound like Charles was only gonna be working a couple of days, so it didn't sound like he was gonna be kicking his family over the hundred thousand. If he did, wouldn't be that big a difference. But um, but you know, it's really I think sometimes people I have people that'll say, Well, you know, it's not it's not worth it if I'm not this and a good good idea. You should always value yourself. I'm a firm believer of that, but at the same time, I think you need to value what you're going to get from it. And I, and again, I think many times people, um, you know, end up being alone, being staying at home too much, watching and not, not getting out. And I think being with people and you guys all know, I never shut up. I love talking. I love meeting. I love, I love being around people. And I think it's a good thing. It's a healthy thing for most people to do. So Anyways, my my two cents to Charles' life is go out there, enjoy it, see if it works out. Worst scenario doesn't. Best scenario is you get a few dollars in your pocket and you get to go out and enjoy yourself, hopefully doing something um, that's fun. Um, I did want to bring up HSAs um, have some advantages um, to make sure if you are a self-employed individual, especially, but even if you're not, um, if you are handling your own health insurance, um, sometimes people hit early retirement before they can hit Medicare. You cannot be in a health savings account. My understanding is once you start Medicare, uh, but, uh, if you were born, uh, before 1969, you can put 4850 in your, uh, bank. So if, uh, and it's called a health savings account, so you can have a higher deductible insurance and then you put 4,850 or if you were born, 
uh, before 1969. And if you were born after, you could put 3850. And that money, if you don't use it, it just builds up. It's it's another form of a savings account or, and what's nice about it is it's more like an IRA in essence, because every dollar you spend out of it is pre-taxed. So you get to write it off on your tax return and you don't have to worry about itemizing, right? Because we all know how hard it is to itemize taxes at that point. So you basically get to take the money, you put it into your health savings account, you spend it for medical, all pre-taxed. If you don't spend it for medical and you hit the age of 72, it will be part of your IRA distributions or RMDs, but you can use it when you are in Medicare and you need a procedure or out-of-pocket cost, you can still spend that money throughout your older age. So it'd be great, you know, if, if you're younger and you just start maximizing that, start putting that 3850 or 4850 in every single year until it hits, until you either are on Medicare and you no longer um, can contribute then you can spend that money or spend it throughout the time. But again, it's pre-tax dollars. So it's so hard to get medical and to get enough in there to itemize because right now with the standard deduction plus the 10% of your adjusted gross income and itemizing, it's it's not going to happen unless you have a very, very large account. Um, you know, sure, if you're spending 20 or 30,000 on medical procedure, maybe, maybe depending on your income bracket, it might help you if you were single married people. I mean, if you're over the age of 65, both you and your spouse, you have like $27,000 standard deduction. It's again, very hard to get that and put it into, um, you know, onto your itemizing, unless you have large charity, many people, um, start, paying off mortgages so you don't have as high a mortgage and a, many people refinanced in the last couple of years. So mortgage interest is actually a lot lower um, than it's been in a number of years. So just something to think about. Health savings accounts, always a great way, especially for the IRS. Okay. I mean, for, especially for uh, self-employed individuals. IRS waived the 60-day IRS rollover rule for victims of online scams. A woman who fell from a bank fraud scheme without money from her IRA and taxable accounts and paid it over the fraud after they threatened her. She later discovered she was a victim of fraud and contacted the authorities, but the 60 days for putting the funds back into her IRA is a non-taxable rollover and became... Um, already had passed. So bottom line is if you take money out, you can borrow from your IRA 60 days, right? One time per year, you can take the money out and put it right back in within the 60 days. And it's not, um, not taxable. It's kind of like a short-term loan, but in some cases people borrow and then um, think that they're doing, apparently there's several scams out there, guys, um, all kinds actually. So when anybody asks you for any information, when it comes to your banking name, social security number, even if it's the IRS calling you. And I know a lot of times people say, well, the IRS doesn't call. There are circumstances. I know revenue officers that have picked up the phone and called clients and, you know, the clients are first, there is nothing wrong with saying, I want your supervisor's name. I want their phone number. I want your your badge number. I want your phone number. I will call back as soon as I've, uh, you know, you don't have to immediately, unless you know this revenue person, then of course you have to talk to them. But if you don't, don't just, there's a lot of scams where they're in, they're impersonating uh, revenue people. And they're basically saying that you owe money. And of course the odds are there are 
I don't know, something like 100 million people that owe the IRS money, some ridiculously large number. Um, So the odds are if they call enough people, there's going to be someone that's going to answer the phone and think it's the IRS because now they're being caught, right? I mean, that's the thought would be. So they just basically keep calling people. I've actually had one call me and I did know I did not owe the IRS, but I played along just to find out how far they would go. They finally hung up on me because um, apparently I wasn't playing along with their game, but it's not something you want to play with. You don't want to give legal names. You won't you know, give social security numbers. You know, um, you don't want to. And, and I can tell you, if anyone on that phone says we're going to be sending out the sheriff's department or um, the, the, the police or anything like that, um, that is pretty much a scam. The only reason the IRS would ever send out the police and most of the time they're not going to call you and tell you they're doing this they're going to show up at your door because they're going to consider it fraud they're going to be coming in they're going to be seizing properties um i've never been involved in any of those type of cases but i do know i've read court cases about it so all right we're going to take our second break you can join us here online i mean on the radio i'm online 615-737-9986-615-737-9986 we'll be right back with the Dr. Friday Show. All righty, we are back here live in studio. You can reach us here, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. Uh, looks like we might have some callers, Lavidius, but I'm not too sure if there's any names on them, so let me know if we do. Um so that way we can move forward on that. So if you have a question, you may have actually put something in chat, which Friday never looks at. Um, so we can go from there. Um, I did want to share a interesting court case. I thought, I know I'm a tax nerd. What can I say? But I do think it's interesting. A couple uh, claimed a unique loss for carryover capital gains loss. And um, here's the funny part. So the capital gain loss offset gains plus 3000 of other income. That's what we all know, right? So if you have a gain of 150 and you have a loss of 160, you can take the loss of 150. So that brings you down to $10,000 loss. And then you have an additional 3000 that you can claim. These people said that they had 140. Their logic was that they argued that the Schedule D says enter the smaller of the 124 loss and the 3,000 loss limit. They used 124 because, because negative 124 is mathematically smaller than negative 3. So the court withheld the fact that you can only take $3,000 loss. Okay, let's go to caller one. Caller one. Hey, this is Dr. Friday. What can I do for you, sweetheart? Oh. I'm not yeah, there this you go. Joe. This is Joe. Hey, Joe. So I didn't I've, have a name got, on it. Sorry. I've got an RMD coming up. Okay. And I've heard that a few um, use that RMD to, to give to a church or a charity yes. or something. Um, you know, you, you, you get a tax deduction for it, and you still get your credit for your RMD. So I, how long does it take to set it up? Who sets it up? What? Is it still time? Great. I mean, do I have time to do it? Or, you know, I don't have, have any idea how to do it. Right. It's a great question. It's very simple. You're going to go to your custodial. Let's say it's, I don't know, TD Ameritrade that has your, your 401k, okay? 
Um, so right. you're going to go whoever that is, and you would normally get a letter from them because they're going to say that you have to start taking your required minimum distributions. Um, so what it's called is a charitable, a qualified charitable deduction, QCD. Um, they'll know exactly what it is. Only thing you need to know is who do you want to make the check out to and for how much. So if you're, you got a church, just using that as an example, say, Hey, you know what? My, my RMDs $3,000. I want to pay that $3,000 this year to my church. And you can do any portion of it. Doesn't be all of it or whatever. And they'll send you a check that you then can give to your church or any other charity. Um, it's already made out to that charity and um, it shouldn't take very okay. long. And what's beautiful is it comes right off the front page. So it doesn't go into your itemizing at all. It will automatically reduce your ordinary income from your um, 1099R or your RMD. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, like if I take my, if I just do my regular RMD and I take it, I just, I just roll it out of uh, the retirement account and I roll it mm -hmm. into a stock account. So I, I've still got the money. So, uh, so this time what you would do, instead of doing the RMD, rolling it over into your checking account, you know, because you normally pay tax every time, you would say, hey, I want to have this much go to my checking and I want a check made out to my charitable deduction of this. And then they would send you a check for how much that's going to the charity and then the rest of it would roll into your bank account like always. Yeah. Okay. But they well, have to do it through that distribution. You can't just write the check out of it. You have to have them prepare the check out of the RMD. I got you. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Hey, thank you very much. That was a great question. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so again, for people that may not have known, RMD, required minimum distribution, um, 72 now. If you're 72 or older, you have to start doing your re RMDs. If you, uh, a few years ago, it was 70. Uh, some people are were started at 70. Anyone that is taking required minimum distributions can qualify. So if you're 70 or older and you're taking required minimum distributions, you can do a qualified charitable deduction. Um, it's a wonderful way because, uh, I mean, I don't know about everyone else in their clients, but my clients, many, many of my clients give to a lot of charities. So why not give from your RMD instead of from your checking account? Because your checking account, in all honesty, it I mean, most of them aren't itemizing. So maybe the first 300 or 600, if they're married, will be above the line uh, deduction. But after that, it's really, um, it's not a tax deduction for people. So if you can give it from your qualified charitable deduction, it comes off the top and then you're able to go through and, and make sure that it's, you know, that it's, uh, going to still count, I guess, you know, you can even give a little bit more because now you don't have to pay uncle Sam any taxes on that money. And normally what happens is you get the money, you put it into your checking account. You then turn around and write checks or hand out cash, whatever you do for your charity, hopefully write checks. Um, you write checks and you give the money to the charities. And then you tell your tax person, this is how much money I gave to charities. Um, on this one, we would actually have the money coming directly from the custodial to the charity 
Therefore, you now haven't touched the money. You can give the check to the charity and then take it from there to put it into the system. And it gives you dollar for dollar deduction. It's just a, a wonderful, and I know a lot of people have not heard of this before, but again, anybody that is 70 and older that is on RMDs, required minimum distributions, can do this. And um, it's a great way of doing tax planning, to be quite honest. Why not give it that way versus the other? Some ways it keeps uh, your Social Security not taxed as much because if you have to run it through first and then hit the charities, sometimes you'll pay more tax on your Social Security because you've hit the maximum. Um, it's a way of saving money and putting it back in your pocket at the same time think it's a good plan. So if you have any questions, you can certainly, um, if you're an internet person, you can certainly Google qualified charitable deductions. My suggestion would be is to call your financial planner or the person, the custodial over your retirement accounts, and they can, they guarantee you, they know where they, the, how to deal with that. So it's a great way to make sure that you're dealing with the information properly and getting it out, but it shouldn't take them more than a few days. So if you're still thinking about doing something like that, it is still a possibility um, to, to move forward on that and move, um, you know, get, get everything done that you want to do. I do want to put a heads out to, um, again, we, some of you guys also, we get a lot of the updates from the IRS, different things that they're looking, doing reviews and audits. And one of the things they brought up was partnerships, um, how people are dealing with partnerships as far as for the tax court and um, the accounting of members withdrawing from the firm and then the clients and how much money and how it's being tracked. So bottom line is, if you are a LLC, you take out and pay money. If you are a partner in that LLC and you're operating, the money has to come through partner guaranteed wage or wage doesn't come out as just dividends. If you do not work for the LLC, then you are an investor and it would just be profits or losses based on whatever you might have going in there. So it's just a matter of seeing what you have on, on that. But, um, if, if you, um, are working with an accountant, I'm sure they're going to lead you in the right direction, but make sure that if you're taking draws from an LLC and you are also working, that is your W-2, that is your wages, that money needs to be taxed for social security purposes, and that's what this whole um, review of partnerships and LLCs that they're looking for is the same thing that they've been doing with sub S corporations. People are trying to find ways to avoid social security tax by claiming that they don't work or they're not, they're just investors. And then obviously when they're audited, they're finding out that these are the people that are running the company. They're working every day. They're answering phones. They're running restaurants, businesses, hotels, whatever. And they're not getting paid as employees, they're just taking dividends and that dividends is not the proper way because no social security or Medicare tax is being paid on that funds. And now the, you know, they found this loophole. And so they are looking at auditing more and more of those. And again, not that I started to show out, but we did start out with the idea that the IRS is training and looking for new employees to basically start doing these audits. And those audits are going to lead to people that might've gotten away before with doing something you might want to think about now. Now's the time, maybe clean up the books, make sure you're doing things right. 
processing the information correctly, uh, making sure that your employees are are recognized as employees, not 1099ing them, even though it's a lot easier, it still isn't the proper way of doing it. Um, and moving forward as far as making sure that you can document people's income and wages, because it's going to be a big thing, because not only will they get the federal income tax, they'll be replenishing Social Security and Medicare. And let's be honest, those are areas in seeing, you know, parts of the tax code that kind of um, right now are hurting. So they're going to be replenishing those with audits and those audits need to be able to, we've already got several federal tax, federal payroll audits going where they're looking for misclassification of employees. That's been going on for a number of years. Um, and I will say that I know it's difficult sometimes and no one likes to have to pay more than we have to, especially now when hiring our employees are costing us a lot more um, every single time, but you don't want to have to go back and pay someone else's social security, Medicare, um, and get fined for not properly identifying your employees. So if you've got questions on that or anything else, the show, we have one more break here. We're going to take, and then we'll be back in just a minute with the Dr. Friday show. You can reach us here at 615-737-9986. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday Show. Your Money Coach with Dr. Friday will return in a moment on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. There's no gift that's more beautiful, more versatile, or more meaningful than a beautiful piece of jewelry gifted from the heart. And there's no better place to find that gift than Genesis All righty, we are back here live in studio. We have about five minutes left of the show. So if you have some questions or if you've been holding your breath saying, oh, I really wish you would say something about this and I haven't, now would be your opportunity to try to figure out where that's going to come from. And if you um, would like to uh, listen or do, remember we do have, you can go to IR, I'm sorry, you can go to www.drfriday.com and you can actually listen to our shows that we've had in the past, 615 uh, 367-0819 is the number here in our office. So if you have questions, you can also call that number. The easiest way to get answers to most of your questions is going to be through email, which would be friday at drfriday.com. So again, if you're in the process of trying to figure out what you owe in taxes, how you're going to get things done, um, making sure that you're on the right page or, you know, just trying to get organized. The best way to do all of that is first, probably to give me a call just to make sure we're all on the same page. But second would also be to be able to make sure that we're doing what we need to do to move forward with tax preparation, as well as financial planning and everything else. Because People sometimes forget that estate planning, financial planning, taxes, we all kind of cross over into each other's information. If you're deciding that it's time for you to, to exit out of your work plan, then you're going to need to know how's that going to affect your future taxes as well as where you, what you're going to live off of, what's your financial planner. And uh, for anyone, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care what your age is. I've seen too many people come in my office that have not had a will um, or a trust. I am a firm believer of trust. I do not like the idea that someone's going to go into the courts, have to pay lawyers to deal with my estate once I pass away. I like everything to be already pre-done, easier for the people that would be inheriting, but that's everyone's choice. But not to have a will, 
and not to have power of attorneys because something happens and, and everyone always thinks, well, I've passed away. Well, what if you don't? What if you get hurt? What if you're unable, you're incapacitated and you're not able to pay your bills? And then guess what? Someone's going to come and say, hey, you didn't pay for your house and you lose your mortgage. Whatever it might be, if you have someone that can step up and help, those are the kinds of times that you need those situations. So again, if you um, you need to talk to an attorney, we have attorneys, but that's not the point. You can call your own attorney and you can make sure that you're getting those things done um, in a timely manner. That way you're not looking over your shoulder. That is the most important part of life as far as I'm concerned. I like to get my taxes done. I like to do things and then not have to go back and revisit those things again. It's done. Now I can move forward and take on the next batch and the next thing. I don't have to worry about what I did, uh, did or didn't do. And one of those things is definitely financial planner. You need to have a good financial planner because when the decisions that you're making so often people are Googling or they're, they're using the internet and they're like, what should I do here or there? Just like the gentleman had called and had lost his spouse. I mean, it's already a difficult time, but then they, they start sending you, it sounds like a ridiculous number of documents and one or two of those apply to your situation. You're thinking, oh my gosh, I have to deal with 30 different, why not have someone just say, these are the forms you need because it's already difficult. Last thing you want to have to deal with is, or make the wrong choice and find out that, you know, hey, I could have rolled these over and not cash something out and not had to pay the higher taxes. Or maybe at this time, it's better to think about cashing or converting or whatever. That's when the experts are coming into play. That's all I'm saying. You need somebody. And when it comes to IRS issues, tax issues, state tax issues, that's when I come into play. That's my strong suit. So if you have issues with dealing, if you're a small business and you're dealing with the IRS or if you're, um, or the Tennessee Department of Revenue, um, we are licensed in all 50 states. But if you're dealing with the IRS or the state, that's when you need someone like myself, an enrolled agent licensed by the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes. We've been doing it for over 20 years. We're here to help you understand where your taxes are, what your options are. And if you're trying to deal with something with the IRS, you need someone else to do it because sometimes it's kind of like having someone fix your car. Do you want a good mechanic or do you want someone that pulls up a YouTube video and tries to follow that video and says, oh yeah, I think I can do this. Look at, I can follow this screen. That's not the way you really want your taxes, your financial situation taken care of, and you want to be able to get resolution. That's the hardest part because so often, again, doing this for the number of years I've done it, one of the hard parts is, is really getting the resolution. Sometimes that resolution isn't exactly what you're wanting. Sometimes you want someone to say, oh, we're going to settle this thing 10 cents on the dollar. And the reality is it's not going to be 10 cents on the dollar. Maybe it's going to be 100% UO. To be honest, you've got equity in your house. You got a 401k. You've got uh, cash in the bank. No reason it won't be. So you need to be able to figure out what's going to be the truth and how you're going to deal with that resolution. And then we can help you take care of those situations. You want someone that's going to tell you how it's going to happen what the best options are and the same thing if you haven't filed taxes for a number of years we have lots of cases where people haven't filed seven eight ten i mean i've had people 20 years out in some cases you don't have to file more than six years so even if you haven't filed taxes for 10 years it doesn't mean that you're going to have to file all 10 of those it may but in most cases, it doesn't. And in that case, you may just have to go file the last six years, then get resolution, and then you'll be able to move forward with the rest of your life. So 
I just want you to make sure you're going where you're going to go. And if you need to reach me, 615-367-0819. Email Friday at drfriday.com or website drfriday.com. I hope you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving and enjoy this beautiful Saturday. Call you later.